on this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast in honor of the passing of Taylor Hawkins. We're going to tell you everything you always wanted to know about Taylor, Dave, and the Foo Fighters. You're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, changing rock history one podcast at a time. Moms and dads, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini. I am your ringmaster, or as they say on WNBC, they say, Ludini. That's beautiful. But I am your ringmaster, and we're here to have a good time, despite our sadness at the passing of Taylor Hawkins. Mm. What I want everybody to know is, um, if you've never listened to before, we are terribly, I'll just take responsibility. I am terribly um, irreverent and terribly ignorant on most things. Mm-hmm. So tonight will be no different. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to censor it. Um, in the spirit, I think of Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl, and especially after watching Studio 666. Oh. I don't think they will have any problem with us goofing around yes, while yes. at the same time remembering Taylor Hawkins. I don't think they there's no seem like the kind of guys that would have an issue with that. Probably not. I feel like they would do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, he'd rip <clears throat> on you all day long. <laughs> he would. But anyways, guys, it is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus where um, we bring you great uh, music content every week. Uh, we pick an interesting topic, go around the room, talk about it, mix it up with uh, the live uh, audience as well. Uh, sometimes share some cool indie music that you uh, maybe haven't heard before. So check it out. By the way, speaking of music, the music you're hearing in the background is original music by me, Lou Lombardi. And you can find out more about that at lulombardimusic.com. So visit that. And that also gets you access to our uh, uh, private Facebook group where we, as I was saying before, get to mix it up with the audience during the podcast. Uh, shout out to Wolf's Customs, wolfscustoms.online, uh, or just find them on social media. Why would you want to do that? Because you need custom artwork on your musical instrument. It's totally sweet when you're up there and you got a really badass looking guitar because Chris Wolf Dodson at Wolf's Customs, you know, put like, you know, this really awesome paint job with this great artwork on it. So check them out. Uh, they're cool. They're cool folks. Uh, they've been uh, supporters of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus for a long time and we do appreciate them. And speaking of supporters of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, there is RockRageRadio.com, which is a 24-7 totally free rock music radio uh, station. And uh, you just get it through through the app. Go to rockrageradio.com, download the app, totally free, and you can just listen to great uh, music content like this show right here, as well as uh, a show you may have heard of called Hot Licks with Lily Six. With me. And speaking of Lily Six, <laughs> we do... Uh, we are honored to always have Lily, uh, uh, you know, a member of the Rock Rage uh, 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 cast uh, here with us as well. So we've got Lily V6 from Rock Rage Radio. What's up, Lily? What's up? How's everyone doing? Mm. I'm tired. I'm on a five-day bender. So there's nice. that. <laughs> well, if you're going to aspire to something. Five-day five bender. Five-day bender. <clears throat> 
What did I? Oh, you know what band name I thought? I was watching South Park. While yeah. I was eating dinner. Oh boy. Yeah. And I <laughs> cripple fight. <laughs> <laughs> Where Timmy and Jimmy fight. That was yeah. really good. <clears throat> oh man. That um. This was a that's a really good episode. That's it's like cool. really good. That's the one where Big Gay Al mm-hmm. is the is the scout master. I, I, uh, I don't watch it, so I'm not uh, familiar with what you're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> I tried. I couldn't. Yeah. Um. In any case, <clears throat> we're not talking about South Park. <clears throat> well, we might. We we'll talk about it. Yeah, we, we talk about everything. We'll probably we'll probably circle back Sprinkled to South Park. There. Um. So, anyways, we uh. We uh, are going to be honoring, or we are going to—we're honoring, uh, of course, Taylor Hawkins, uh, drummer for the Foo Fighters, and we're going to kind of give you—we have some backgrounds and bios and stuff like that, right, Lily? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so we want to just kind of give, uh, you know, kind of talk talk about it because it's you know we all like the band, we all mm-hmm. thought Taylor was a cool dude, and. Um, so, you know, what do you expect? Part of <laughs> what the else ni- would we do? Why Part we, of the yeah. rock nice guy band. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And um, uh, this is also one of, as I was writing the email today, I apologize, I, I wanted to get out, get it out sooner, but I was like thinking like, this is the first time that we've like been on top of something, of something as it yes. was, as yeah. it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Usually we're like, oh shit, we didn't mention that really, you know, <laughs> thing that happened. Right. And... Um, I am proud of myself, though. We did not do a show in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. So. Hey, there you go. But but in any case, so we got to, uh, so, so you know, I was like, oh, so uh, this is kind of cool that we get to, uh, we're like actually on top of something for once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know. We're not the most organized. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no. We all have a lot going on. But, um, so, uh, let's talk about, just let's talk about it personally for a second. Kevin, Pittsburgh Kevin. Is hey, here, everybody. I'm here. Um, so where were you? What were you doing when you heard? Well, I was, I was at work and uh, missed a call from my daughter. And we'll usually text. So I know if I get a call from her, it might be something important. Called her back and she goes, number one, I'm fine. I'm like, <laughs> okay, good. I'm good. All right, good. What a way to preface. <laughs> she goes, but, but Taylor Hawkins died. And thank God nobody else was in the restaurant because I literally screamed. Oh my gosh. I literally screamed because the Foo Fighters are my spirit animal. They they really are. They got me through some really tough times. And um, so um, <laughs> I actually left But did work. they get you through some hard times? That's what you're for. Oh, here it is. Hey, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we actually, uh, I actually left work a little Do earlier. Do not make me go all Will Smith on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> will, Will, Will. Stop. Come on. Help me out here. Just got the shit slapped out of me by Will Smith. <laughs> but uh, anyway, my daughter and I, we're both big Foo Fighter fans. And within five hours of learning of his passing, we both had the Foo Fighters tattoo on the back of our necks. <laughs> That's a true fan. That's a true fan. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, Lily. I'm pretty sure I woke up and saw it on Facebook. So I'm pretty sure I was just in my living room. But um, I'm not... I'm not like a diehard Foo Fighters fan. I do love the band. Um, it was sad. I'm always sad to hear when a musician passes, especially at a young age like that. So it, it was it was pretty devastating. So I was listening to Foo Fighters the last couple of days because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, it's not typically my go-to. I do like them. I don't love them. Like I'm not like crazy for them. Yeah. But, you know. Um, I would say I'm with Lily in the sense that, like, I think they're a great band and... Um, 
I think Dave Grohl is just like, I mean, he's like, you know, he is the, he's just like the definition of like cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um, and um, I uh, became aware of Taylor Hawkins. Um, uh, two, this is a kind of a two part story. First of all, I was out at the Montour Trail running and I told Spotify, like, you can make a radio station from a song. It'll mm-hmm, say, like, you mm-hmm. want to make a radio station out of the song. And I said, yeah, do that. It was some song that I liked. And I was just like, I, did, I wanted to be surprised, but I wanted something in the wheelhouse of... Right, what you want right. to listen to, sure. <clears throat> and so I was going along and I heard a lot of good music that day, but I heard um, It's Not Bad Luck by Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Ride. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I stopped and like added it to my favorites. I'm like, damn, this is a really cool song. <clears throat> Tanner Hawkins and the coach. And didn't, 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 didn't think about it. Right. And, um, six months later, I was talking to Keith about something. He's, you know, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters has his own band. I says, really? Yeah, Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. I'm like, that sounds really familiar. I'm like, yes, that's oh, that. That's you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really put it together who he was at that time. Um, but how I heard about the death of uh, the passing of, uh, uh, you know, we don't say, you know, death. You know, that we don't say the croaking of. Right, know, right. We have right. these certain words nice, that are very euphemistic. Very, yes. Yeah. Anyways, um, when I heard, here's how I heard it. Here's, here's, how, here's what I was doing. You're not going to believe this, but I swear, <clears throat> I got my right hand up. Yes, I so, so solemnly swear. I was watching, I was the last 10 minutes of Studio 66. 666. Yes. I'm sorry. Studio 666. I was watching the last 10 minutes of that, and I got a text from Keith. Wow. The other Hawkins. That's crazy. The other Keith Hawkins. Hawk. The other drummer <clears throat> Hawkins, yes. Who's also a drummer, by the way. Um, and I was like, I was like gobsmacked. I'm like, oh my God. I'm literally watching this. I'm literally watching <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, I'm watching, yeah. And, and, I, and it's a... Goofball horror comedy. I still have to see it. And, um, you know, I don't even know how good of a goofball horror comedy it is. <laughs> the acting is just absolutely some of the worst acting I've ever seen yep. in my life. But <clears throat> nonetheless, you know, now I'm like really kind of conflicted as I'm watching it. I'm like, well, like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I, I probably shouldn't watch this now. And then I was like, yeah, but I want to see what's going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, well, it's time and it's late at night. And I it's okay. So, <laughs> I finished the movie in kind of like an awkward feeling right. kind of place. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was, it was very bizarre because if you guys, like I said, if you, anybody, I don't know if anybody in the audience, whoops, um, has seen the uh, movie. Have you guys, has anybody seen it? I'm looking at the comments. Um, I don't see. I'm just seeing anybody talking about that. <clears throat> uh, is this Michael Goltz? You should, or is this Bill Damiani? You should speak of his death the way John. That's Goltz. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Mike Michael Goltz. In, yeah, is a good dude. Anyways. Um, that, that would be funny. I don't. I know what you're talking about, Michael, but I, I could not do it. Uh, I just couldn't think of it right now. But I, I'm familiar with, with what you're saying. <clears throat> but um, so it was like, you know, so this thing happened and I'm watching this movie and like. Um, so it was sad. You know, I just mm-hmm. felt really bummed out. I mean, just a really, really talented guy. Like I was thinking today, like, you know, Dave Grohl was like really respected drummer 
in rock, like mm-hmm. really respected. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when Dave Grohl says, "Okay, I'm not gonna play drums. I need a drummer." Like, how does that not fuck with your head? Right, his drummer. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? It'd be like, it'd be like Kevin. It would be like you know Getty Lee saying, "Well, I'm just gonna play keyboards." Insane, and I need you to play bass. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd be like, you know. Wait a minute. You know, you know, like that could just be like a, such an uncomfortable situation. There is a, I was watching before we started today, um, a, uh, I was on YouTube, them on 60 Minutes, uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. And it's just him and Taylor. And it's, uh, it was very cool. You know, you can see, you know, it really shows that what buddies they are. And <clears throat> so I feel bad. My heart goes out. To those guys, I mean, that has to just gotta suck royal dick. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, has gotta be. Yeah, that's gotta be. It's, it's like losing a brother. You know, those guys are really close. Yeah, you are like that. If you're with, you play with a band a long time. You know, a lot of bands do get. You know, there are the bands like the Police. They all hate each other. Not <laughs> <Lot> the <of> crew. <clears throat> bands like that, but um, you know, you do. It does become a kind of a. It does become a family. So, let's go ahead. And what do you what do you want do you want to do a kind of background on the Foo Fighters or what do you, how do you want to start? How do you want me to start? I have both. Ooh. Let's um, <laughs> give an overview first of all of Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. Okay, yeah. great. Um, he recorded eight studio albums between 1999 and 2021 with Foo Fighters. Uh, before joining the band in 97, and I actually didn't know this until today because I'm an idiot, apparently. Um, he was the touring drummer for Sash Jordan and for Alanis Morissette. So yeah. he was the drummer for mm-hmm. Alanis in my yeah. angsty 90s girl days. Both, so. uh, yeah. both um, um, Canadian artists, yeah. by the way. And um, he was the... He was the drummer in the progressive experimental band Sylvia, which I have not heard yet. Uh, I did not have time to listen to that at work today. Um, he did form his own side project, which Lou touched on earlier, Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. Uh, he played drums, sang, and they released three studio albums between 2006 and 2019. And um, he formed the supergroup NHC with Jane's Addiction, members uh, Dave Navarro and Chris Cheney in 2020. And he also took the lead vocal and drumming duties. Um, they have a soul album due for release this year. Also oh, wow. be released. Okay, this yeah. is a word that I love. Posthumous. I don't like that word because I always say it wrong. <laughs> like he's doing. Yes. You have to sort of spit. Well, that's, that, that's what it is. You, you purposely mispronounce it, then people think you're just being funny. Yeah, well. Clean off your mic there. There you go. <laughs> I foiled my mouth. Yeah, you did. Well, Hawkins is also an occasional studio session drummer, recording with Elton John, Miley Cyrus, Glenn Campbell, Perry Farrell, Stevie Nicks, Coheed and Cambria, which I know you mm-hmm. like. I don't know why that's making that noise. Pink slash Bob Mold and Eric Pink Avery. Slash. Pink slash. <laughs> that's oh, a band wrong. name. There's a band name. All girl. Yikes. All girl band. <laughs> he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2021 as a member of Foo Fighters. Um, and he was voted best rock drummer in 2005 by the British drumming magazine Rhythm. Uh, what's cool about Rhythm Magazine is he also was a guest editor on um, one of the uh, issues. And he got to interview Phil Collins, um, Stuart Copeland, and Roger Taylor for that issue. And those are three of his influences. So pretty cool stuff. Cool shit. And I have a whole bunch of other stuff, but I didn't know if we wanted to get it all out in the open right now. Wow, if you want to get it all out in the open. (laughs) Please. Please. It's kind of crazy what you're saying. Well, let's... um, Yeah, I was... uh, Yeah, he was... I knew he was... I didn't... I... You... He had more than I did. I knew he was the drummer for Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he played with Sass Jordan. And I do know that he did, and I didn't 
couldn't recall all of them, but I knew did know that because of his fame with the Foo Fighters and you know the respect he was getting, that he was guesting on other, other artists. Other albums, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they, 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 they Very cool. You request. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Speaking of requesting drummers, and this is like, ah uh, man, um, before Foo Fighters became like actually Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Um. There was a uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were having a falling out with their drummer at the time, and um, they had to play Saturday Night Live. Yes. Yeah. So they went on without their drummer, and they had Dave Grohl. Yes, it's great. <laughs> and it's great. I you I, I tell you what, like when I you know, I remember saying Stu and I were watching it, and we were both like blown away. It, yeah, like mm-hmm. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers would have become a totally different band. Oh, exactly. Him and Dave it would have been a completely yeah. different band. <clears throat> he is like when you when both Sue and I were both like that's the drummer I want in my band. Yeah, like that he was like he's the drummer you want. So like, on fire. Yeah, I mean the way he's the thing about um, drummers is they can really change the sound of a band. Like it's so important. This is like why I, I kind of get <clears throat> you know arguments with people about Led Zeppelin. Like oh they could have just you know yeah. got somebody else to play drums. Like drums are like. Pfft. They're the backbone. No, they are yeah. like, yeah. I mean, there are so many bands where like, if you change the drummer, that band would be completely different. The Who is a good example. They were not the same band uh, with Kenny Jones as they were with Keith Moon. Like, not yes. even close. Right. Um, uh, you know, the police would not be the police without... Rush. I mean, you listen to the first Rush album. That could that says everything. That explains, mm-hmm. That's all you gotta mm-hmm. do. Listen to the first Rush album and the rest of their catalog. Yes. <laughs> it's like You're right. they're literally not the same right? band. Right. <laughs> and um so you know, the Foo Fighters are not gonna be the same band without Taylor. If if they choose to continue, I don't know if, if Dave will just kind of say, Hey, you know, we had our thing and he's gonna because he is known to play with a lot of other people right. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's um, one of those uh, things that Dave Grohl <gasps> is... Uh, Dude. What? Dave Grohl should join <laughs> Rush. Dude, right? I'm going to start a petition. There it is. You all right? Will. <laughs> oh, that's enough. Will Smith your ass all day long, motherfucker. I'm so glad he's guesting in the studio today. <laughs> Get my drummer's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> you, sir. Wow. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Dave Grohl calls up right now. Get your dr- Get my drummer's name, name out your Sorry, fucking Dave. mouth. Sorry, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. I knew that like the combination of events in the past few days were going to le- make a very interesting Holy podcast. <laughs> we're like we're on top of two like, current events. I was like I wasn't even wow. going to look at the Will Smith thing on on the internet. I was like I'm not even going to look at it, but then I thought podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go. Probably some material. We should look at this. And it did not disappoint. No. Thank you, Will. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, that, but that oh Dave Grohl dude, like, born in Warren, Warren, Ohio. That is very close. Yeah, yeah. he has family here in Pittsburgh. That, that you know lived here in Pittsburgh. Um, 
he has become one of the leading figures in rock today. Moved from Ohio to Virginia uh, when he was three years old. The son of a journalist, English teacher. He lived with his mother and older sister, Lisa, after his parents divorced when he was six. Grohl's interest in music emerged early. He started out playing guitar, and by the age of 10, Grohl formed the H.G. Hancock Band with a friend. Not long Ooh. after, he was introduced to punk rock yeah. by one of his cousins. In high school, Tracy. he played a string of punk bands and started smoking pot. What? I'm can't wait. We're done with this. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I apologize, my audience. <clears throat> Just say yo to drugs. <laughs> Just say when to drugs and alcohol. <laughs> After dropping out his junior year, he drops out because uh-huh. why? He's smoking He's pot. Smoking He's pot. on the pot. He's on the pot. <laughs> He's up there in his room. He's smoking on the, the dope. On the pot, listening to punk. The ganja man. He's smoking the dope. Mm-hmm. After dropping out of his junior year, he joined uh, the Washington, D.C.-based hardcore band Scream. Grohl appeared yes. on three of the group's albums and toured with them several times. Mm-hmm. During one tour, Grohl met up with members of the Melvins, yes. the punk band. Oh, boy. Uh, it was backstage at the Melvins gig that he saw Kurt Cobain and Chris Novoselic from Nirvana for the first time in 1990. Grohl did not talk to his future bandmates that night, but thanks to Buzz Osborne of the Melvins, he did get to audition. Oh, by the way, Buzz Osborne has some fucking hilarious um, guitar videos on yeah. YouTube. He's like he's like a maniac. Really? Like, he looks. He just looks like he's like a combination of insane and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, he's he's, he's uh, if you get a chance, look it up. He has some where he teaches some of his songs. It's like, oh, wow. it's like no guitar lesson. I would pay extra for that lesson. But anyways, uh, the, he did get to audition for Nirvana uh, uh, a year later. Grohl traveled to Seattle, hoping to become Nirvana's new drummer. As soon as he played for them, both Cobain and Novoselic thought he would be perfect for their band. He was a hard hitter. Yes, he is. Yes, sir. So bright, so hot, so vital. Novoselic said, according to the book, Come As You Are, the story of Nirvana by Michael Azrod. Uh, after joining the group, Grohl lived with uh, uh, Cobain for a time. He also dated Jennifer Finch from the all-female band L7 around this time by the way l7 mm-hmm. is in the movie serial mom oh, is it really yeah, oh, they, really the, the camel toes or something <laughs> the camel yeah <clears throat> yeah then anyways so sorry that's a little <laughs> squirrel my ADDs. I, need, I didn't take my medication. Today. It's getting the better of them. Soon the major labels became interested in Nirvana, offering contracts and large advances. They ended up, oh, the good old days, right? They ended up signing with Geffen Records, their first release. <laughs> but then with 91's Nevermind, became a huge hit, driven in part by the single Smells Like Teen Spirit, mm-hmm. on cocaine, cocaine. While Cobain <laughs> handed oh, Lord. a Freudian slip. No, I think uh, you're right, cocaine. I yeah. think because bit. of Taylor, right? <laughs> We're all going to do a bump. No, <laughs> no we're not. <laughs> An ass bump. No. Ooh, okay. while, co- while cocaine handled most of the songwriting duties, all three bem- band members had worked on the track, which combined elements of punk, metal, and pop. some boy. that's very poppy. The video for Smells Like Teen Spirit, mm-hmm. offering a subversive take on a pep rally, got heavy play on MTV. Yes. In nearly a year's time, Nevermind sold more than 4 million copies. Nirvana, with raw emotional sound, helped launch what was called the Grudge Movement. Not which grudge. Off grudge. The Grudge. Grunge. I said grunge. Grunge? You said grudge. Grunge. And you said grunge. Mm. It's still grunchy, even in milk. <laughs> they paved the way for other bands, such as Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, okay, Cobain, we know that he, he, did he, that off, whole thing. he offs himself. Um, or did so, he? 
So well, this is yeah, a little like, bit. It says, yes. that, you know, uh-huh. um, okay. um, so they, he puts out this album. And I want, this is what I kind of wanted to get to. It's not um, really a Foo Fighters. It is a Foo Fighters album. Mm-hmm. But it's there's only one Foo Fighter. Right. <laughs> Dave Grohl. Dave, yeah. And um, I, I've seen him interviewed about this and saying that um, this was just like therapy. Yeah. You know, he felt like, you know, he, he could, this is the way he grieved was to do was to go into the studio and like and there are so many like records that become classic records that are done just like mm-hmm. like Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life. You know, uh, there's a couple of Prince albums, um, you know, that, you know, and so it's really interesting that, that uh, how, how it worked out. So um, I think this is a call and I'll stick around a good. I do not like Big Me. I, I'm sorry. I just thought that was just, that's the one with the, where they, the video is a parody of the Mentos. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you say that, everybody knows what's oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, eh. <laughs> meh. Nah. Um, and um, so that's a sort of background on, um, the, uh, uh, the 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 Dave Grohl sort of you want to talk maybe fill in some gaps there on the Foo Fighters. I can do that. Can By the way, this is from biography.com, and there is no author listed. I do like to give credit where credit is due, and I have um, the links in the show notes and in the Facebook description. So Facebook. you know, please go check these people out and you know see what you like. Go ahead, Louie. <laughs> like you said, the band was founded by uh, Dave Grohl as a one-man project following the dissolution of Nirvana after Kurt Cobain killed himself or however he died, whatever. After, <laughs> oh, after his wife put a contract right. yes. on him. Yeah, and then he happened to kill himself because he was so depressed that his wife put a contract out on him. So he killed himself. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. He, was, he was suicided. <laughs> the group took um, its name from Foo Fighter, nickname coined by Allied Aircraft Pilots for UFOs and other aerial phenomena. Right. Over the course of their career, Foo Fighters have won 12 Grammy Awards, wow. including Best Rock Album four times, inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the release of Foo Fighters' 1995 debut album, uh, Foo Fighters, which featured Grohl as the only official member. By Grohl, the way, the word debut has a T at the end. Just debut. 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 <laughs> we should say that. For, from now on, we'll refer to Kurt Cobain as Kurt Cocaine, and we'll say debut, we'll say debut. I'll debut. forget to say it. What? What? <laughs> In the butt. In the, butt. <laughs> <laughs> the band began with performances in Portland, Oregon. Um, Goldsmith quit during the recording of their second album, The Color of the Shape. It, co- color and the Shape, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, most the color of the, of the Shape. Oh, <laughs> the, shape. Like, what? The Color and the Shape of what? I'm seeing sounds. Ooh. Most of the drum parts were uh, re-recorded by Girl. but it oh wasn't his heart. God. And then Smear <laughs> departed soon afterwards, but appeared as a guest with the band frequently from 2005. He rejoined in 2010. And then, of course, comes in Franz Stahl and Taylor Hawkins. Franz! That's all right, Sass. <laughs> I remember when I joined. It was fun. Oh, my God. I hate you guys so I'm much. Hans. <laughs> I'm Franz. And we're here to pop you up. I'm leaving. No, stay. Stay. Hugh. We're, we're sorry. Hugh up. Yeah. Where's Hugh? Send so- Hugh in. We want you to pump him up. <laughs> Foo Fighters have been described as grunge, <laughs> alternative rock, post-grunge, hard rock, and pop rock. They were initially compared to uh, the <coughs> girls' previous group, Nirvana. Yes, I hate you. <laughs> Dave Grohl said that Kurt Cobain was an influence on songwriting. I don't know what else to say this right now. This is the most disrespectful podcast we've ever right. recorded. 
But this is the way he would have wanted it. Get your it. drama's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> The band members, uh, meld melodic and heavy elements, girl noted in 1987, we all love music, whether it's the Beatles or Queen or punk rock, I think the lore of punk rock was, uh, was the energy and immediately uh, the need to thrash stuff around. But at the same time, we're all suckers for beautiful melody, you know? So you it's know. just natural. Yep. <laughs> and that's what I have for the Foo Fighters. Yeah, that's the, um, the, the, you know, they were very multifaceted. You know, they, they had that punk thing. But when I heard the, when I heard the Foo Fighter album, I was like, uh, it was you could, it, you could still tell that it was like there was a Nirvana thing You're going right. on, uh-huh. but it was like different. Like there was like more. You heard, I heard more stuff that sounded like more traditional rock and roll mm-hmm. in places mm-hmm. and things like that. <clears throat> um, but the second album that they did. Was was where I was. I really thought they were starting to find like yeah, who they exactly. really were, like Monkey Wrench. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. like I thought it was like okay, this is. I mean, that song is like I was like, this is real rock and roll. I mean, like you could get up and boogie to this. Um, and you know, super catchy but super heavy, and um, I mean, heavy rock in the sense it was not metal, but um, and I just remember thinking that like they were. It was like okay. You know, we're still rocking, you know, it's not over, you know. Yep, Um, And they did, they went through, look all the, they was 23 years, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, at the 20th anniversary, uh, Dave was kicked, here's what he was thinking about doing, was, um, like, he said, well, maybe we should go back and re-record the first album, since I did all the parts myself, let's do, see what it would sound like with all of us together. And Taylor Hawkins talked him out of it. He said, fans will fucking hate that. They want to remember that record. And see, I guess, know, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, can see that. There have been people that have done that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, uh, both Sticks and, there's, an, and there's, a, there's another band. There's Sticks and there's a couple of them that went back and re-recorded their stuff with their new singer well, and stuff Journey like that. Journey did that, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay? Oh, no. And, yeah. and, okay. and they do, it gets played on the radio. Yeah. They don't tell you the difference. Wow. They but you and I can hear it. You can, you can yeah, kind of, you can, if you're really listening, you can really hear it, but they don't tell you the difference. Um, and that's because, like, I know that Sticks said that they got sick and tired of every time it got played on the radio that Dennis DeYoung yeah. got performance. Now, he always going to get songwriting, uh, you know, publishing rights because he wrote the songs, but they were pissed that he was yeah. getting performance rights and he wasn't in the band and it wasn't a happy, you know, parting, right. you know. <clears throat> but um, fans h- tend to fucking hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were, and Lily, I think you and I have talked about um, the bullshit that Sharon Osbourne did with oh, yeah. bringing the guys to come back and um, re- re-record uh, Curse Lakes. Yeah. Um, you know, We've talked about that yeah, a lot, actually. You know, yeah. And um, <laughs> after those ridiculous. guys wrote that shit, mm-hmm. um, and the, the fa- it just was like, I've never heard it. And the fans fucking hate it. I mean, there's like it's got a lot of hate online just for the idea of what they did, you know. Yeah. Um, it was just, <clears throat> and Ozzy has kind of disowned it as well. But in any case, we're digressing a little bit. So that was, I think, the kind of thing that um, Taylor was kind of concerned that they would be viewed as. Yeah. You I know can what see I mean? That. So yeah. it kind of cheapens this thing. <clears throat> and that record is important. Be that first record is important because of what the reason why it was 
created, exactly. where it came from emotionally yeah. for yeah. Dave Grohl. You know, yeah. it has that impact on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The people felt lost. I mean, when Kurt Cobain died, they really did. Oh, mean, was, what do you yeah, do? Was a, yeah, what do you do? Yeah, huge huge thing. yeah, it was a huge thing. I mean, mm-hmm. grunge was just kind of getting going, mm-hmm. and other bands were kind of coming into the thing, and. <clears throat> Um, and and the, the industry did what it always does, which is tries to find the replacement. <laughs> so you had bands like, I, and this band gets way too much hate, but you get bands like Bush. Um, I like Bush. I, I um, love Bush. <laughs> what? Anyway. Like, you know, I'm not typically that. a 90s band fan, but Bush yeah, is one of them. Yeah. You better get your wife, you better get my wife's Bush out of your mouth. Oh! <laughs> Would have been better if I didn't fuck up the joke. Yeah, okay. right. Well, you know. Next time. So we'll this is for fucking up the joke. Oh, oh you sorry. You sorry, fix that post production. <sighs> I, I never go back and edit anything. I know, right? Why? I screw it. It's so good. Hell with it. One thing I do want to talk about with the Foo Fighters is they um this is this was fun when I read it. They have fun with their tour writers. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh right. okay. Yeah, um, so uh, for those who don't know what a tour writer is, it's like they want the brown M and M's in the jar and the kind mm-hmm. of food they want and if they want water and coffee this whole thing um but over the years they've developed a funny habit for creatively utilizing their tour riders in 2011 they famously turned the rider for their wasting light tour into a full-length coloring book um complete with amusing activity pages that lightly reminded venues and promoters which foods the band members like to consume nice one page asked the reader to circle items that belong in a salad <laughs> hinting that items such as a hammer a tooth richard Pryor, and a ufo are not appropriate <laughs> So that's fun. That's, that's the kind great. of band they are. They're a fun kind of <coughs> lighthearted rock yeah. band. <laughs> right on. Um, the, uh, another thing I wanted, I want to circle back to the name for a second. Mm-hmm. Because um, if you think about like the pilots called them Foo Fighters because Americans thought that they were German like advanced aircraft mm-hmm. and, and the Germans thought they were American advanced right. aircraft. So right. nobody knew who they were really representing or what, you know, what side they were really from or whatever, who, what they was really behind them. So it was like kind of a mystery. And if you think about the album, especially the first album, it's like, it's all Dave Grohl, but like really who are the, who, Foo, who is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Who are the Foo Fighters? Yeah. He didn't, it wasn't like Dave Grohl. He didn't call the album Dave Grohl's, right. you know, like, Rides Again or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it a band name, but it was all one guy. So it sort of has that same thing. So it's like, it's a clever name. If you think about, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, what they were doing clandestine you're not sure what's going on <laughs> exactly and yeah. also the record the record company was called roswell yes that so is true it makes sense <laughs> ah, see see it just what is going on there? maybe dave's an alien oh that's that's michael yeah <laughs> michael <laughs> Gold that's right. he wrote a whole thing <laughs> wrote a whole thing describing in great detail the um uh graham chapman uh, oh, did he? <laughs> Are Bush and Hole related? I just died. <laughs> I just died, Michael. I heard they were touring together. Oh! Wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's great. That's There's crazy. a band named Bush Hole. <laughs> I'm still on Pink Slash. Pink Slash. Hey, Pink Slash, Bush Hole. Tonight. Cripple Fight. Cripple Fight. <laughs> Opening band. Wow. Folks, you're getting your money's worth tonight. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. That's um, good stuff. Yeah. I don't know, man. So uh, so Pittsburgh Kevin is like a massive Foo Fighters fan. Sure. 
Sure. And you got the you got the tattoo. Uh, you got the tattoo. So and the daughter got the daughter got the tattoo. So here's so Lily and I she got the tattoo too. Tattoo too. Yeah. Go ahead. The plane. Hey. Why did I feel like that was coming? I don't know. You just know us. I do. Uh, so it's terrifying. So tell us some interesting Foo Fighters. Listen, you're you're a big fan. <clears throat> um, you see him live. I've seen him twice, and was going to see him a third time in May, but guess you're not doing that now. Uh, probably not. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so uh, it, for those folks that uh, want to know more about them, they they have so many documentaries and things like that. Uh, a real good one is Back and Forth, which basically is a documentary about the band, how the band came together. Uh, interviews all the people in it. Taylor's in it. Pat Smear, Nate's, Chris, uh, of course, Dave. That's a really good one to watch. But Dave is one of those guys who's constant. He's so excited about rock and roll. He's always doing something. Uh, really like their Sonic Highways, um, uh, I guess you would call it, series, where they decide to record an album, but they actually go to different recording studios throughout the United States. Uh. And they learn uh, about the city. Uh, they went to New York, Memphis, uh, you know, all these different places. And um, New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, uh, that was a really good one where they go down in the quarter and mm -hmm. actually play in one of those old juke joints and yeah, just open the front doors. Yeah, it was so fantastic. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Sound City, mm -hmm. where Dave eventually goes and gets the soundboard, the Neve uh, soundboard. You know, oh, from that Sound is a City. great documentary. That's if a you're great documentary. If you're a Foo Fighters fan or just a rock fan, is check out Sound City. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, the folks on the local radio station, uh, the one DJ is like, you know, Dave, it's okay to say no every now and again. And and we talked about Studio 666. Yeah. Very campy, very, you know, uh, schlocky, schlocky. Uh, I liked it because I'm a Foo Fighters fan. Not the best movie in the world. Yeah. It really isn't. But you know what? It literally goes, it, it, you, there's a lot of laughs. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. There's a lot of laughs in it. Yeah, so... I like stuff like that, though, so it's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, Studio 666, um, I did watch the whole thing. Um, it was, uh, it's, um, yeah. 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 Well, the thing about There's that. There's some hilarious, but there are some guests. Uh, appearances too, right. oh, fine. Right. And yeah. that are that are very cool. That yes. will you'll really like. Okay. And um, it's funny, like the music that they produce, that the band is like making in the in the in the story. I don't think I'm really spoiling anything. You know, they're a band. You're supposed to. Why, why, why did the guy say that? How did they? They were supposed Stupid to make. You didn't ass. tell me they were making music. You ruined the movie for me. They're a band, so they're gonna make music in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Um, but it is. <laughs> no. um uh, so, so the but the music you're making in the in the movie is supposed to be kind of a joke, but you're going like mm, it's actually pretty good. It's actually not bad, yeah, right? Like, yeah, you're like good. I'm kind of digging oh, this. Wait a minute. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's very it's very cool. Um, the guy though that I think really kind of stole every scene that he was in was Pat Smear. I love Pat Smear. The way I mean, Thanks. when you see the movie, you're gonna I think you're gonna know what I'm talking about. He's like yeah. He's like there's something about oh, him. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's something about him. You just kind of yeah. like you kind of like that guy. you know kind of like that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> think about it. Pat has been in three, three legendary bands. You know what I mean? Um, the Germs. The Germs, of course. He's in the movie the, um, the, uh, the, the Decline of Western Civilization. Right. Young, and he's like really yeah, young. yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like a teenager. Then Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then the Foo Fighters. That guy, I like that guy. He's he's very cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you about the last show I saw, which like really cemented them with me. So the show's over, and what a band comes out maybe to two, maybe three if you're lucky, encore songs, right? right, right. right? So the lights kind of go down and stuff, and in the screen behind the stage, it all of a sudden there's like an image of the guys backstage, mm-hmm. and um, Dave kind of mouths the words, "Do you want more?" Of course, the crowd erupts. He goes, right. "He goes, uh, <laughs> yeah, want one more song?" We're like, "Yes!" And he kind of rubs his chin and he's like, and he holds up two fingers, like, two more? <laughs> yeah, two more songs!" Woo! And he kind of looks at the camera. He's like. Holds up three fingers, right? Well, we're going crazy. Yes, three more <laughs> songs, right? So he gets it up to like four or five, and Taylor comes over. And uh, he kind of, you know, and you, there's no audio. It's just him mouthing the words. And uh, he says, we're, you know, he basically tells Taylor, we're going to go do four, four encore songs. And Taylor holds up five, five fingers, right? <laughs> we go crazy, right? And Dave, it cuts back to Dave. Dave kind of shakes his head like, all right, yeah, we'll do five, you know. They cut back to Taylor and he holds up six. (laughs) (laughs) So Dave's now just looking at him. Taylor looks at the camera, holds up seven fingers. And they cut back to Dave and Dave mouths the words, fuck you. (laughs) And they came out and did a seven song encore. You like had a second show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was, that's awesome. And it's funny because it I'd was, be like, I'm not saying for this, I'm too tired. <laughs> he would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's just it. They, and, and the last song was just as energetic as the first song. But it was at the uh, PPG Arena, mm-hmm. and basically concerts end at 11. Yeah, that's right? kind of a thing there. Yeah. No. Like, it was it was like well past midnight. Wow. And Dave even said, he goes, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> We're partying. I'm like, that's that's very cool. It's very badass. Yes. Wow. <laughs> As, a, as opposed to some bands that come out and just do seven songs and that's it. We're done. Peace. Bedtime. Yep. <laughs> okay, I have something to share. Okay. No, not that. Okay. Mm. Um, little 12 little known facts about Foo Fighters. Okay. <clears throat> we know about the name. Mm-hmm. Already, yes. so we don't have to talk about that. We did mention this, uh, but seven months after Kurt Cobain's death tragically put an end to Nirvana, Dave sat in his drummer for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers performing the songs yes. Honey Bee and You Don't Know Jack. When they played on Saturday Night Live after the gig, Petty offered Grohl a full-time spot on the, in the band, but Grohl turned, it down, uh, turned down the offer so he could start Foo Fighters. Yeah, he said uh, hanging up the phone after talking to Tom was just like, oh, am I sure I'm going to do this? <laughs> Very cool. Um, yes, we mentioned already that he did. Uh, he was a one-man band mm-hmm. uh, for the for the for the album. Um, we do know that Taylor did play with Alanis Morissette. Yes, uh, we did talk about the tour riders. Yes, look at that. We know it all. We uh, know all the things. Grohl loves to play with a lot of other bands, and Duh. some of the people he's worked with, including Nine Inch Nails, Queens of the Stone Age, Killing Joke. That's a Monty Python reference. Is it? Yes, it is. It's the, there's a really famous skit where the guy make they make a joke that like in the military, like it's like top secret military makes a oh, joke. Oh yeah, and, like, they tell Whoa. it like the, the, the enemy's dying. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, and, and, okay. like I don't know how many people realize that that band Whoa. with their name is a Monty Python reference. Mm-hmm. Garbage and Tenacious D. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> uh, they have an odd. Did we talk about this? We did not. 
They have an odd affiliation with Prince. In 03, Foo Fighters made a cover of Prince's hot song, Darling Nikki. Darling Nikki's really Apparently, good. Prince wasn't too happy at the time and told the group they should write their own tunes. In fact, Foo Fighters still run into licensing issues anytime they try to include that cover in any official release, which huh. is why it had to be cut from the group's CD edition of cover songs. However, four years later in 07, Prince covered Foo Fighters' track, Best of You, during his low during his now legendary Super Bowl halftime performance. Mm. Then, fast forward another four years, Prince decides he wants to make all cover songs illegal. Oddly enough, this was right around the same time that Prince invited Dave to jam with him, a session during which they supposedly yes. did a rendition of Led Zeppelin's classic Whole Lot of Love. That's Granted, right. Prince has always been a puzzling purple enigma, but he seems to have been had pretty mixed emotions when it comes to covering um, his music. Um, so <clears throat> it's interesting. That's weird. But I remember when Prince did the, the did the uh, did the halftime show mm. and he sang he sang that Foo Fighters song. I was like, dude, I thought it was like the coolest fucking thing. That was one of the best heard. halftime shows. Yep. <laughs> um, and this is something that Pittsburgh Kevin will enjoy. Um, yes. The Trini Lopez guitar that, right. that, that, that Dave Grohl plays. If you're fortunate enough to have ever seen Foo Fighters live in concert, you might have noticed Grohl using a sweet blue and white guitar at mm -hmm. some point during the performance. He actually plays it quite a bit. Yep. Uh, it's in a lot of videos and stuff too. It's a Gibson Trini Lopez that was custom made for him with Impelum blue finish. Yep. Guitar looks much like an ES335 only with a um, the F holes stick. and it's got it's a it, yeah it's not the a hockey uh, stick yeah, headstock. Yeah, it's a hockey stick headstock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trini Lopez was an American singer, guitarist, and actor. His first album included a cover version of Pete Seeger's "If I Had a Hammer," which earned a golden disc for him. His <laughs> other hits included "Lemon Tree," "I'm Coming Home," "Cindy," and "Sally Was a Good Old Girl." She sure was. What? Oh. <laughs> So I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of, you know, they're referencing Trini Lopez there, and you might go, who in the fuck is Trini fucking Lopez? I know Trini is. Trini. Not Trinity. Not Trinity, like from the Matrix. Right. Although I'd play her headstock. Oh, boy. Wow. Yes. Um, They won't do anniversary shows. They hate that. They don't want to go out and do like. You know, let's you know it's the 20th anniversary of our album. You know, mm -hmm. bands do that. Let's go through the whole lot. album. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, I saw the Black Crows. I liked it, but mm -hmm. you know, I see where Dave's point of view. He doesn't is. want to do what everybody else does. So. Right. He's <laughs> never had any formal music training at all, and the Foo Fighters are David Letterman's favorite band. Yes, I did yep. know that. The Foo Fighters. <laughs> so, um, um, the guy breaks his leg on stage, <laughs> right? <laughs> He says that he didn't feel any pain. He just went to stand up, and it was like sausage. Oh. It just like... It just wouldn't do anything. And he so he got on the mic. He says, guys, I think I broke my leg. <laughs> it's hysterical. And I'm so sorry. they take him off stage, and they rig something up, and he comes back out and finishes the fucking show. That's that. Down. There you go. That's, that's, that's like, rock and roll. That's, like, that's rock and roll. <laughs> that goes to show you what like a classy dude this is. Another um, uh, a cool Dave Grohl story I heard, uh, and I'm sure like... A lot of people in the business have cool Dave Grohl stories, but Eddie Trunk on his show one time was talking about how um, they were, it was a, I don't know when, when this was, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that, but they were trying to get this concert for charity off the ground. It was at some mm -hmm. park oh, in I know the story, yeah. California, I can't remember where, somewhere, you know, I don't know if it was in Los Angeles or San Francisco, or, you know, someplace. And, um, you know, they had some mid-level bands playing mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And Dave Grohl, <laughs> 
came walking. He just happened to be walking by. He was grocery shopping. Well, he said <laughs> or something like that. He said to um, he, he, so he saw and and he saw Eddie and he knew Eddie. So they yeah. started talking. And he's like, listen, man. He says he says I'm on my way to get milk for my kids. Yeah. He says, but he says let me do that. I'll go run home and get some sticks. He would help you out if I you know maybe sat in. Would they? Would they, would they no, he said he said would they let me? Would they, will they let me sit in? No. Yeah. No. Will, will they? Yeah. Will they yeah. let yeah. me sit, sit in? in. And um, so he did, and before you know it, like you know, other people found out during the day that he was there, and it brought more people and some other musicians. Yeah. And he told me he would help him out next year, and it was just very cool. I never asked for any money or yeah. <clears throat> or anything yeah. like that. I mean, just like he's just like he's that kind of guy. And that's why we love Dave Grohl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the sad thing about Taylor, apparently, it is this was a drug yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he struggled in the past, and and actually OD'd in London. Heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And. Uh, from from what I understood, he he had gotten himself clean, but uh, not according still, to this. Still yeah. a little dirty. Yeah, a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. So, Ten but. substances in his system. Wow. I um I read a really astute um post about uh, musicians and addiction <clears throat> by a, a buddy of mine um who. You know he and and his name is Bobby Kunkel. He plays with the band Nomad. He's a really talented drummer. Speaking of drummers, he's very good. Um, but he had uh, he, and I'm gonna sort of paraphrase what he was saying was that like what happens is you know you're it, this isn't like being a plumber or uh, you know, like I have an auto repair business. Like mm-hmm. it isn't like this is like no you can't call off sick. Right. <laughs> you can't go like you know. You know, like I'm tired. I'm not. I'm coming, having a personal day. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. Mental <clears throat> health day. And, yeah, yeah, nothing like that. And <laughs> you get a. You do get psychologically burned up. But a lot of times you're just sick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And somebody offers you something that not only is going to make you feel better, but make you feel like the best you've ever felt in your entire life. Yep. Yep. You're gonna. It, it's hard to say no to that. Right. Very, very, very difficult to say no to that. And before you know it, you that feels so good. You want to keep feeling that yeah. way. Yeah. You know what I mean. And then you realize, well, if I take more, I'll feel even better. Right. Mm. You know. And so it spirals out of control from there. It's not, you know. So tr- I know that a lot of folks, you know, tend to get, you know, rough with folks that have um, these issues. But it's there. There's it's a it's a situation. You have to kind of, you know put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes right Lily yeah for sure for sure for sure exactly um, so that's it guys um, go check out Dave Grohl the Foo Fighters um, and you know go have a few drinks this week and uh, you know get out your old Foo Fighters records watch some Foo Fighter videos on YouTube go see uh, Studio 666 I don't want to say too much about it because I don't right. I don't I don't like to spoil it for people you know you don't know you know go check it out um. <clears throat> so, um. Yeah. So, Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, rest in peace. We, uh, you know, thank you so much for all the, the great music that yes. you've given us. Um. So, we have we still have some business to do this evening. We are not really? done. No. Not even close. Well, wait. No. There's more. Wait. What? what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Um. So what I need here is to go here. Yeah, go there. So Lily, why don't you like tell people about your show and what's going on? Sure, my show is uh, Hot Licks with Lily Six. It's on Thursdays on Rock Rage Radio. You could go uh, to the website rockrageradio.com or just download the app for free. Like Lou said earlier, it is 24-7 music and interviews and all kinds of good stuff. I have a lot of really great interviews coming up. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, so just listen in. 
on Thursday, six o'clock. <laughs> cool. Okay. Sounds good. Um, let me pause this real quick. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And we have to mm-hmm. on that okay. because I need the yes. different atmosphere for what. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Okay. So it is time once again. <laughs> yeah. Lyrics with Ludini. Oh my God. It's like my most favorite time. Here we go. <laughs> and this song was a request from Bill Damiano. I believe Bill Damiano requested this. I think so. Thanks, Bill. And, um, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead. I'm going to get a little bit of whiskey. Yes, please do. <laughs> we should get you a beret. <laughs> you a right? Beret? Sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is kick up a little water. Um, so today's water? selection okay. for uh, lyrics with Ludini. Yes. Do tell. Oh, is... Bill's <laughs> listening in now. Uh, ah, I bet he is. <laughs> for lyrics with Ludini mm-hmm. is Barbie Girl. Ooh. By the, uh, I believe they are like a one-hit wonder. I could be wrong. Somebody I would say yes to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aqua. Aqua. See. Like Aquaman. Yeah, Aqua, yay. And um, so we're going to go ahead and uh, <clears throat> present the lyrics for you. Yeah. Now, um, so let's go ahead and just... Uh, so so it starts out with a um, spoken kind of thing at the yep. beginning. Sure. Which I might as well go ahead and include. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and let's make sure that this is not going to be something. This is no copyright, okay? We don't. Coipi. What does that say? No coipi. No coipi. No coipi, right? No coipi for you. Okay. Um, Okay. Wow. Wow. I'm doing multiple things. I apologize. Those of you that aren't. You're um, multitasking. So it starts out with a spoken thing. I'm going to go ahead and do that as well. Um, This is very, very repetitive. When I listened back to Poker Face, I realized we didn't have to, like, yeah, the repetitive thing. Now, yeah. I want to encourage you guys. Yeah. We don't want to talk over each other. Okay. But whenever there's a pause, if you want to inject a comment okay. or yes. just laugh or Show. make a groan. Yes. Like whatever, I do. You know, right. Very well. Yes, you do. Because we noticed, too, that it, that when we listened back to it, that, that made, when those things happened, it made it more entertaining. I was enjoying the yeah. lyrics along <laughs> yeah. with you. Yes. Okay. Oh, boy. Sip a happy juice. Hold on, let me have a drink too. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Hiya, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. Mm. Like Mr. Microphone. <laughs> we'll be back to pick you up, up in an hour. Nice. <laughs> let me get this more in front of me so I don't. Less likelihood. I'm going to fuck it up anyways, but. It's okay. <clears throat> I, can, I can mitigate it a bit. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere. Imagination. Life is your creation. I'll bet. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. So Ken is has like, it's like a call and response. Right, right. So Ken jumps in with some stuff. Okay, so, sure, as you <clears> do, yeah. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life is plastic. It's fantastic. Okay, you brush, but we, we did this. Okay, now, now this next... Um, <laughs> Verse has caused some controversy. Of oh, course. Oh. Okay. So, <clears throat> look. Um, I if you've never heard Ludini Rock and Roll Circus before, 
I would just, and I mean, you haven't figured it out after listening for an hour so far. Like, I don't, politically correct doesn't really mean anything to me. No. <laughs> Insensitivity, I don't know the definition of. Nope. Um, and, you know, it, if, you know, the way I look at it is you take offense. That's all. Okay. And you so, know how to click the button. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. You can always change the channel. <laughs> so here we go. I'm a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world. Mm. Blonde bimbo. Yeah. <laughs> Dress me up. Make it tight. Mm-hmm. I'm your dolly. That's dirty. Yeah, yes. You're my doll. Rock and roll. Here's Ken. Okay. Feel the glamour in pink. Kiss me here. Touch me there. Hanky panky. I used to make my Barbies do it. What? <laughs> there are there are like pictures of like Barbie and Ken and Barbie and Barbie uh, engaging <laughs> engaging in like BDSM and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, people pose them and stuff. You can touch. You can play. If you say, "I'm always yours." I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life is plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair and dress me everywhere. Imagination. Life is your creation. Uh, make me walk, make me talk, do whatever you please. I can act like a star. I can beg on my knees. <laughs> Jump in, bimbo friend. Let's do it again. Hit the town full around. Let's go party. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be my theme song when I go out there. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a lot of come on, Barbie, let's go party and blah, blah, blah. The chorus, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life is plastic. It's fantastic. Uh, repeats several times mm. and um, that's pretty much wow. the lyrics. And then the speaking part at the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I'm having so much fun. Well, oh. Barbie, we're just getting started. Oh, oh I love you, Ken. Aww. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's true love. So let's Obviously. talk about this song because um, I uh, knew, I could tell when I read the lyrics um that like there's more going on in this song than, than meets just, the uh, a Mattel toy. Yeah, there yeah, there's yeah. a little bit more the, the, you know this there's, there's some social about. commentary yes. going. Now, I uh so I did a little I did a Google search and I'm just I'm going to kind of make a little puck a little fun at this article. Um uh Bertia Nevada Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh this is from December of 2020. And the article's entitled The Dark Side of the Wildly Popular Barbie Girl Song. And this is from Medium.com. So, Ms. Nevada is really kind of put off with I'm a blonde bimbo in a fantasy world. Dress me up, make it tight, I'm your dolly. She says, these are just a couple lines from the globally famous superhead Barbie Girl. If you think this is disturbing, wait Till you read the other verses. Oh, <gasps> ah! controversy! I love it. <laughs> I am a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life is plastic. It's fantastic. Er, okay. Well, it's a song about a doll. I guess it's okay if Barbie finds life in plastic. Pretty fantastic. That's all she's got. I you mean- do you, Barb? Right. Mm-hmm. You can brush my hair and dress me everywhere. Imagination, life is your creation. Yikes. She's singing that you can brush her hair and undress her. I mean, if she's what? singing to Ken, that's good for her. But seriously, this uh, is the song that millions of, maybe even billions of kids listen to. Little girls chanting, undress me everywhere, mindlessly. <laughs> Hell no. Okay, so this is somebody who's like really wound, 
really it has way too much time yeah but does yeah. she know where the barbie doll actually came from because i have a back oh history. well well no there's no need for violence i have a back Don't history on down, that sit down sit down <laughs> sit down well i'm sorry Lily, what were you saying there's a back history on where the barbie doll actually came from and it's not clean by any stretch of the well what is it tell me she was so a- there was a sex toy yes. doll for grown men called the lily doll yes i know oh, and it was the, it. it was a nice. european thing that they sold in sex shops i'm yeah, serious so look good, this up yeah. and this is where the barbie doll idea came from except for it wasn't a sex doll it was a doll that you dressed up and made pretty and had blonde hair and everything but it's actually a very dark background of where the barbie doll actually came from i'm just <laughs> i'm just thinking about the lily doll I, <laughs> yes that was her name it was actually wow. called the lily doll <laughs> Okay, I'm a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world. And there we've completely crossed the line. I'm not going to point out why the word bimbo is problematic. Uh, maybe you should because I have don't understand. We can all agree how offensive that is. No, we can't. I don't care. No. I don't. I, nine, nine, nine. It's a descriptive word. You know, there are certain words that you say that just completely describe. When you say bimbo, you... Uh-huh. You got the picture, right? Yeah, yeah, we know. Right? It you know exactly sure. what it, you know exactly what it is. <laughs> like it's not like you know. Calm down, Simadana. I mean, Simadana. Oh, I should have that. Say. I, guess I still say that. So. What? I do say. Come on, now. All the time. Come on, Nevada. Send it. Sound it out. Sound <laughs> Simadana. <laughs> Simadana. <laughs> Okay, so, and she's concerned about the word, the phrase, make it tight. Also, what, make what tight? What? Whether it's the outfit or something much more sexual. I don't have it's not okay. This is a lot of finger wagging in this. Yes, yes. Not okay. Naughty, naughty. Kiss me here, touch me there, hanky panky. That cleared up our doubts about what there was There we go, see? What, you know, <laughs> uh, don't you remember when... We all liked sexy songs. Yeah, I still do that. That's What's what wrong with being sexy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you knew it was coming. All the song, yeah. All the songs were. I mean, that's what you sang about. Sexy, right? Right. Um, Kevin and I we're gonna do a pod. We're talking about this on Friday. We're gonna do a podcast on not the what the thing that killed rock and roll, but the things that did. And one of them is this total stick up your butt about Ow. sex. Yeah. I mean, you guys are like, you make the moral majority look like, like a fucking swingers party. And y'all know you're out there licking everybody's buttholes, so I'm going to hear about it. I mean, the hypocritical BS that goes on is just like, is is like, it's it's encyclopedic. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, this is a pop band. I was going to say a rock band, but technically it's somebody, pop, yeah. know, but the, it's the same idea. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. All the, there's pop songs about that too, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Hanky panky, great. Forget sexual undertones. This song outright says some very Holy raunchy, cow. not to mention sexist drivel. And somehow managed to become a kids classic. It's, ah! it's not really a kids classic. Not really. Well, there, there is She's, a kids element too. We're going to get to that. I get it. She points something out that happens okay. later on. All make right. me walk, make me talk, do whatever you please. I can act like a star. I can beg on my knees. Yeah. She basically says she'll do whatever Ken or anyone else pleases and that she can beg on her knees. You know what? Do you remember Kevin and I went to a Christian high school? And these are the kinds of talks we yes, would get yes. from, like the the, the real, real religious folks there. The they pastor, would, the, you know, so they would pick out a pop song and they would dissect. I mean, we had this to do that. Woman too. is could join the moral majority. Mm-hmm. She's probably a lesbian. 
Oh, don't don't Except bad for the mouth fact le- that she's a lesbian. Don't don't bad, bad mouth lesbians. <laughs> My mom says if you want to be a lesbian, you have to chew on this box. Okay, let's get back. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the lyrics. (laughs) A rational adult need not explain why this is inappropriate for children. (laughs) Dude, I remember I was I was somewhere and I were little girls dancing around to the song Sexy Back and they were singing all the words. Yes. So it's it's not different for anything. Come jump in, bimbo friend. Let's do it again. Hit the town full around. Let's go party. Bimbo friend. You could tell like she was wow. probably. She's mad. Angry. Oh, she's she angry at typing. Bimbo friend. She probably hated typing. She's probably angry she had to type the word bimbo. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> if my soulmate ironically calls me a bimbo friend, you best believe I will be tearing him a new one and then, then and there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe you it. You don't say. I don't think the song is about her soulmate. Well, it could be. Who are you to judge? I think it's your fuck buddy. You don't know what. You don't know what. Well, wait a minute. You don't know two folks that care for each other, what they like to call each other. That's right? between them. Oh, yeah. Who the hell are you? Self-righteous bullshit. Um, no, it's just it's You know, just I just have. You know, remember Miss Hathaway from the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. yeah. I I imagine uh, her in a typewriter, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we're all mere bimbo friends. I don't know what they mean by full around. I would rather you not don't know, know that. Okay. Well, obviously, you need to stop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to go fool around? What do you mean? So basically, if I would Ken or Barbie's yeah. partners, I don't know. It's been a decade since I thought about Barbie. Uh, uh, commits to her. He can do anything he pleases. And Barbie just becomes his. Just becomes his. Uh, this is a beautiful, meaningful message right here. Mm-hmm. It is. That's beautiful. Well, if he commits to her, yeah, he should be able to do whatever problem? he pleases. Like, you know, I mean, there's not like, there's this thing called conjugal rights. Wow, I'm and probably... And conjugal visits. And this is the end of <laughs> the last podcast ever do. For anyone that shares this opinion. Oh, Lord. Heavens to Betsy. I mean, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're in a relationship. That's very naive. You know how adults have. How do adults have relationships? They screw. No, they They shake each other's hands. They don't sit around and hold hands and, you know, whisper sweet nothing and and pitch woo. (laughs) You just broke my brain. Pitch woo. They're courting. Those two are courting. (laughs) They're cornholing, too. Whoa! (laughs) Courting and cornholing. That that's a VH1. <laughs> Courtney and Courtney and Cornhole. Maybe she just needs laid behind the music. I think she does, but mm. it's an Aqua story. Courtney and Cornhole. <laughs> wow, I'm sure they would love that you just said that. <laughs> I hope nobody's listening to this right now. Oh, Bill and Chris are. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Bill and Chris are having a great time with it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> wow, look what I just caused. Holy, <laughs> oh, nice. I I know that's why you guys picked this shit because you know I'll go off. We'll, there will be no filter. There will be no filter. Um, so, who wrote this crap? Uh, songs created by Danish Norwegian dance pop group yeah. Aqua came out in, ni- in May of 1997, took the world by storm, it topped the charts for weeks. Europe, uh, Canada, Australia, and the United States. As of April 2017, Barbie Girl sold more than 8 million copies worldwide and 1.8 million in the UK alone. Here's the interesting part. 
uh, Mattel, the American uh, toy company, uh, mm-hmm. corporate owners, uh, and they are owners of the brand name Barbie, sued MCA mm-hmm. Records, the record, recording yeah, of Aqua, but for this recording. Uh, they allege that the song violated the Barbie trademark, turned to into a sex object, which is so ironic because Barbie is a sex object. Right? She, Barbie is what little, how little girls learn what is sexually appealing. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's been is. like that forever. Like, yeah. okay, just deal with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and it's and 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 Barbie's not far off, right, Kevin? Like, I mean, right? That's why y'all. That's why y'all like. And I'm looking at uh, Bertia's uh, picture here. She's got a little makeup on. She's got her hair fixed nice and everything uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh, sure. Really? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. It's, yeah, because you want to be. You want to be uh, attractive, right. okay? Just that's just what that's it is. Right. Let's work um, so, so, so Mattel's mad. Uh, Mattel stated that these lyrics tarnish the reputation of their trademark doll. Wah. Um. <laughs> okay, so th- th- this whole thing is like I don't. She doesn't get this. No. She's like, is anyone surprised? The owner of a kid's toy uh, that didn't want over sexually uh, derogatory song be such with their child centric theme. Well, yeah, I can understand that, but. It's like, a f- yeah, I mean, that's what Barbie is. In any case, uh, the lawsuit, lawsuit filed by Mattel was dismissed in 02. Uh, judge ruled the song uh, was uh, protected as a parody. And that's exactly, mm-hmm. okay, that's exactly what we're getting to what the meaning See? of the song is. Uh. It's, a, it's The song is a social satire a about joke. being plastic, it's about a... being fake, about like all, you know, and just, care, you know, mm. using these sort of superficial things to like build a relationship on and how silly that is. It's mm-hmm. a joke. Did you ever watch the? I watched the video. You guys were outside having a cigarette. I watched the video. It's obviously. Oh yeah. It's not serious. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Like, like honestly, like if if Weird Al would have done it, nobody would have batted it. Enough. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bar, you know. It, you know. <clears throat> um. And and then she goes on to criticize the band for like all the you know like like it's a, like it's an interrogation like well they're they're you know they're all over the place about the the meaning they you know like they say this one time it says they're fucking musicians they're wasted out on drugs they don't know like from one minute to the next what the song's about they wrote the song they made some money come on they're happy do you know how hard it is to get like anything going on in the fucking music business. <laughs> They were probably just happy that, like, they made. They were probably like, "Look, mom, remember we said like I would never make any money at this. Look at this. Look at this. Here's a new car." <laughs> you know, like, I mean, crime on me. Talk about like taking shit too seriously. But eventually, yes, Mattel saw an opportunity. Oh, did they? Um, and they did, like, rework the lyrics and used it. Uh-huh. They did a new version. Oh, did you can be a star no matter who you are. Was they changed some of the lyrics, oh. um, and so they took the judge's advice, you know, and just said, "Okay, it's just it's, it's just parody." Yep. <clears throat> um, and uh, she goes on to say that she only heard the twisted version. Like, are you scarred? Like, um, oh, here's well, okay, here's the. I should have known. I didn't read the the, the, uh, the oh, byline boy. at the end. Uh, this is the uh, Virago. Um, we are we are a community of strong women 
who mm. share our personal stories about how we've survived and thrived in our lives. Yes. We share messages to Now, that's great and everything. Yeah, God bless But, she, but this insinuation is... This, this woman overboard. was like... This woman was uh, uh, traumatized or something and need to go to therapy over this song. Like, come on. <laughs> what, what that does is that makes... When when somebody is really a really survivor, like breast help. cancer yeah, right, or rape right? or something like that, that make, that loops that lumps them into the same category as these pussy-ass pansies who are, who are like has, saying they need therapy over a fucking pop song oh, oh, that was out for five minutes. Right. In 1997. And what uh, she said she was seven years old? Well, you blame your parents then. Yeah. <laughs> if you were listening to that yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, calm down. You're out of control. <laughs> Somebody stop me. I'm laughing my ha- ass off at you. <laughs> and, you're read- and you're reading of music lyrics. I don't know who that is. I think that's um, that's a Facebook user. This is all the stuff. Sometimes I get the names on here, like like Bill William Keane. He showed his name shows up, but a lot of these just say Facebook user on this end. I'm huh. not sure. Maybe that's their There's, name. <laughs> Mike Masalia. Yeah, I can't see that one on here. Uh, anyways, guys. So Cole. So that was lyric time, which was always <laughs> a good time. Lyric yeah, time. with Ludini. So I hope that you guys enjoyed yeah, that. that was beautiful. And um, so and now it is time for our final segment. Yes. What did the this, Beatles do? This what, what the, it's called. What did the this, Beatles do today? This day of music, or what did the and, Beatles and do? And the, there's the second one is the Beatles. <coughs> of course. But we will talk about somebody who predates the Beatles. This is what. What? Um, um, you know. No, I don't. This is the, this is the beginning right here. 1958, Buddy Holly kicked off oh. the first night of a 43 date tour at. Brooklyn Paramount Theater in Brooklyn, New York. Alan Freed's Big Beat Show yeah. also featured Jerry Lee Lewis, Chuck Berry, Frankie Lyman, The Diamonds, Billy Ford, Danny and the Juniors, The Chantels, Larry Williams, Screaming Jay Hawkins, mm-hmm. The Pastels, Joanne Campbell, and Ed Townsend. On most days, the acts played two shows. Wow. He was a slave driver, man. It was like mm-hmm. you were really schlepping it out in those days. Oh, look, back to back. So we got the Beatles twice. Um... Uh, Madame Tussauds London unveiled waxworks images of the Beatles in 1964. Wow. First pop stars ever to be honored. Really? At Madame Tussauds. Madame. <laughs> 1967 was a great year. That was the year that I was born. Oh. Working on sessions for the new Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper, at the Abbey Road Studio in London, John Lennon recorded his lead vocal for Good Morning, Good Morning, and Paul McCartney added lead guitar solo to the track. Hmm. Stay in 1968, Pink Floyd recorded a performance on BBC Two, the TV Omnibus, The Sound of Change show from uh, Barnes Common, London, England, a special which was produced by Tony Palmer, also featured performances by The Who, Cream, and the Jimi Hendrix Experience. The show was later broadcast uh, in September of this year. This is what was on television yeah. in England in 1968. Yeah. Pink Floyd, The Who, Cream, and Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. Like, you know... You know, that is must-see TV, right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody gets that reference or not. And this day in 1970, Simon and Garfunkel, not Garfunkel Oates. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, we're at number one on the UK singles charts with Bridge Over Troubled Water. Ooh. The duo's only UK number one hit. Only Art Gar- Garfunkel sang on the track, so Paul Simon did not sing on it. Um, huh. Yeah, that was uh, something that Paul Simon talked about like when he went solo, because Art was the guy with the really big uh-huh. you know, range and everything vocal wise. <clears throat> but look who had 
who the solo career right took <laughs> off like, really yeah. took off um led zeppelin released their fifth studio album this day in 73 houses of the holy mm. which does not contain the song houses of the holy <laughs> really? magic uh, the album uh title was dedicated uh, by the band was a dedication by the band to their fans who appeared at the venues they dubbed houses of the holy uh, the cover was a collage of several photographs which were taken at the Giants Causeway, Northern Ireland. Uh, two children who modeled for the cover were siblings Stefan and Samantha Gates. Uh, Phil Collins, Genesis, began their first North American tour on this day in 1976 as Peter Gabriel at the band, appearing in Buffalo, New York, with Phil Collins taking over as lead singer. Go, Phil. And then he really went on, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You know, I was in a restaurant mm -hmm. um, Sunday morning, and I'm, I'm listening to this song. Like, you know, you know it was kind of noisy. And, and it was, um, um, why does it always seem to be me looking da, 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 at you, da, da, you da, da, looking da, 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 at me? Yeah. It's always the same. It's just the shame. That's, that's all. all. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, damn, da, da, da. we got to do something with Phil Collins and Genesis. We haven't there done you like, go. I don't Phil think Collins we have. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe we go. should pick like the like the 10 Phil Collins Genesis songs that look rock or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> on this day in 1981. Oh, uh, what a great year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it another I, great year? <laughs> yeah, I was down at the Roller Skate. Um, <laughs> uh, Blondie started a two-week run at number one in the U.S. singles charts with Rapture. Wow. Like it's it the first song to feature rap. Yeah. Well, 81? You know, like on a big hit. Yeah, you like a like, big hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the U.S. Uh, feature rap lyrics, notably uh, name-checking hip-hopsters, pioneers, Fab Five, Freddy, and the Grandmaster Flash. Nice. Uh, to stay in 1982, David Crosby was arrested after crashing his car in San Diego Oops. Highway. Police also found cocaine and a pistol. Oh, pistol. Uh, when the police uh, asked Crosby why he carried the gun, his reply was, John Lennon. <laughs> uh, That's you know the best what? part of that story. Gotta give you that. <laughs> That's probably the best part Gotta of that Gotta give you story. that one. Um... Oh, man, Aussie. This day in 92, um, $100,000 worth of damage was caused at the Irvine Meadows Amphitheater, California, when Ozzy Osbourne invited the first two rows of the audience on stage. Oh, Several others took up the offer, and the band was forced to exit this day. That was, so in other words, if you're like tired of We're playing, of you, want, you want to leave, just invite the audience yeah. on the stage. <laughs> All right, we can go home now. We don't, have to, we don't have to do a seven-song encore. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, Jimmy Page accepted substantial undisclosed liable damages from a magazine which claimed he had caused or contributed to the death of his Led Zeppelin band named John Bonham. Page's what? solicitor, Norman Chapman, solicitor is lawyer. Yeah, right. He's called a solicitor in England. Told High Court Judge Mr. Mr. Justice Moreland. <laughs> so his name couldn't have been that must be some title maybe I was going to say Moreland has to be wow. a title that the uh, feature in Ministry Magazine printed in 1990 claimed Page was more concerned with keeping vomit off his bed than saving his friend's life and that he stood over him wearing a Satanist Satanist robes oh, and performing a, a useless spell bloody hell that's like not yeah that's not, the magazine was called Ministry so you can tell this was probably some Christian, uh -huh, Christian, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to make rockers look bad. Um, we never talk about U2 too much on this show. Uh, nope. On the day in 2005, after playing a warm-up date the night before in Los Angeles Sports Arena, U2 kicked off their Vertigo, Vertigo tour uh, <laughs> at the I Pay One Center in San Diego, California. 131-day uh, world tour would see the band playing 
in North America, Europe, South America, Japan. By the time it finished, Vertigo Tour had sold 4,691,021 tickets, grossing $389 million, the second highest figure ever for a world tour. That's crazy. Yeah, that does, you know, that was, I mean, that was kind of like the end that was weird to close, closing in on the end of that, that big thing. But, um, I liked their era when they returned to just, you know, they got away from like being trying to be experimental Mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. you know, like some of the, and they were just like, let's just be you two and play the mute, like write songs and Mm -hmm. be a guitar, bass and drum band. Mm -hmm, And you know what I mean? mm -hmm. And those records are really good. Like starting with all you can't leave behind. That's a fan fucking tastic album. So is vertigo. Um, it was, you know, but they settled into like, I think something that fans kind of wanted them to do for a long time. Um, <laughs> you don't need to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> Tina Brown. So this is this was a big story. Okay, happened. that one's okay. <laughs> um, we're not going to talk about Justin Bieber. No, don't worry. But this is a crazy. <laughs> like this is like you know the days when rock was about partying and having a good time. And yes, Tina sir. Brown, the sister-in-law of Whitney Houston, sold pictures taken in her bathroom to the National Choir, claiming Whitney had been taking crack cocaine. <laughs> Wow. This is this is her sister-in-law. Yeah, that's great. great that family. sounds like a sister-in-law yep. thing to do. The picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the picture showed drug paraphernalia, including crack, uh, crack smoking pipe. You mean a crack mm. pipe? Crack smoking Rolling pipe. papers, cocaine, caked spoons, and cigarette ends strewn across the surface tops of the bathroom. Wow. <laughs> I remember when that was a thing. Yep. And then, of course, there was all kinds of. Um, Parodies and yeah. stuff, and uh-huh. goofs on Saturday Night Live, and uh, they everybody had a field day with that. Um, um, on this day in 2014, well, not too long ago, uh, the tickets for Kate Bush first live shows in 35 years sold out in less than 15 minutes. Wow, huh? Kate Bush, Bush, yeah, I said Bush, Bush, <laughs> Bush. It just flows off your tongue. Uh, happy birthday this day, 1986, to Lady Gaga. Well. Mm hmm. My, 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 uh, uh, James Atkin from EMF was happy mm-hmm, birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, remember, you, unbelievable. Reva McIntyre, happy birthday. Oh. Country music singer, lied like countless hits. Um, of course, none of them are listed here. That's great. Oh, to help, a, can you help a YouTuber out, please? Come on now. Come uh, on now. Keyboardist uh, Milan Williams uh, from the um, Commodores. Oh, okay. Yep. There was a band that they said they couldn't decide on the name. And um, they just went around and round and round and round forever. So finally they said, we're going to open the dictionary and put a finger down wherever it lands. That's the name. <laughs> that's the wow. name. And that's Red, kind of Lionel awesome, Richie famously said, we came very, cl- very dangerously close to commode. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> uh, Chuck Ports of the Turtles. Turtle. Um. Okay, and Charlie McCoy, who was a session musician, 
um, worked with a bunch of people. Elvis Presley, Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, Chad Jack Atkins, Waylon Jennings, Loretta mm-hmm. Lynn. Was born in the same 1941. So that is this day in music. Yeah. I sort of feel like you know we have so much more to say, but I think we've wrapped it up for. I think so. <laughs> we did good. I think. Yeah. I think we did okay. I need to. There's this other thing. Another thing. There's another thing playing and. It's going to give me a stroke. No. <laughs> no. I like how he says it so calmly, though. It's yeah. going to give me a stroke. Uh, it's going to give me a stroke. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was cool. Um, let's give a... Uh, you have anyone do any shout-outs or anything before we wrap up? I got nothing. Okay. No, me either. <laughs> so, Lily, any anything coming up this week? Um, I will be going to Obituary on Friday at the Roxy End. Also... Gruesome is opening for them, so super heavy metal stuff. You think? Gruesome. They're not a country band? <laughs> no, they're not a country <laughs> band. Easily, easy oh, listening? Oh, and actually, I'm going to the Concert for Peace for the Ukraine. Uh, Pittsburgh oh. Symphony Orchestra is doing a whole concert Very for them, cool. so I'm going to that right. Saturday. I will. <laughs> what I think of that. Um, Will Smith. So, uh, yeah, special shout out to Will Smith for joining us in the studio. <laughs> right, we did appreciate that. <laughs> He's trying to he's trying to sneak out. Nope. <laughs> sit, sit down, sit down, uh, sit down, Will. Yes, that's it. Good. White claw. <laughs> nice. nice. I think that's a sample of Pittsburgh Kevin. Yeah, it nice. might be. <laughs> yeah. Where's uh, my royalty check? <laughs> well, no, it's this is free shit. Oh, <laughs> damn it. This is free shit. Oh, there he is. He showed up. You missed the whole goddamn show. Yeah. He was napping. <laughs> he was napping. He's old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like forty. Wow. <laughs> Had to pick that age, didn't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> are you supposed to say, and there it is? And there it is. There you are. Yep. That's what I'm waiting for that. And there it is. Right. And that's the way it is. Okay, uh, Lily's show is what? Hot Licks with Lily Six, Thursday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, rockridgeradio.com. Um, April 9th, uh, Lithium, uh, Nirvana tribute band that I play uh, guitar in. We'll be performing at the Hard Rock Cafe, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, we were going to be doing, we're doing one of those stupid tribute things where we were doing the entire unplugged. The album. The entire, <laughs> see, oh see how it all comes around? <laughs> it wasn't my idea, trust me. Yeah, all right, then. Um, Pe- people like it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The kids love it. The kids are going to love it. I just put it out there. I don't care. All right. So that's how it goes. Um, <laughs> next week is the first of the month. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm boy. not going to commit to a title just yet. Where I want to talk to the to the to, to the to us, my, the my team, about the it posse before we before the we troops, the motley crew, <laughs> the motley crew. All right, guys. Um, LuginiRockAndRollCircus.com as well as LuLombardiMusic.com. I said earlier the music that you're hearing that gets played in the background that is uh, our, my original music. So if you're <clears throat> up for that sort of thing, you can check it out at LuLombardiMusic.com or LuginiRockAndRollCircus.com. Um, uh, shout out to Wolf's Customs, WolfsCustoms.online. Also find them on Facebook for custom artwork on your musical instrument and rock rage radio who we love so much uh download the app rockridgeradio.com it's totally free you can hear awesome music content 24 7 uh it's been fun hanging out with you guys always 
as always. Until next week, stay free, and we'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Just, just.